Circle of Blue looks at three thirsty Texas cities that are global leaders in water innovation. Water is taught by thirst. So wrote Emily Dickinson, and so it is in Texas, a state of boundless ambition that is regularly schooled and tested by deep droughts. That is especially true in three major Texas cities, making significant innovations in water planning, technology, and use, offering lessons for the world. The Lone Star State is no stranger to the hot and the dry. Researchers say that mega-droughts have hit Texas every hundred years or so for centuries. But climate change is raising the curve on water shortages. Researchers at the Environmental Science Institute at the University of Texas predict that the latter half of this century will have drier conditions than even the most arid centuries of the last thousand years. And the pattern of drought may be expanding as well. Current projections indicate that dryness will spread eastward over the next century. Warming temperatures and increased evaporation will combine with rain that is less frequent but more extreme. Besides the dangers and damage of flooding, severe storms will add to water stress because they cause more runoff and are less able to refill aquifers. The course of Texas's water future is challenging for a state whose population is expected to nearly double in the next 50 years. Many of the 51 million residents will likely live in the urban corridor in the Rio Grande Valley up through Dallas. Some cities are doing their homework. At the far western point of the state, El Paso has cut its per capita water consumption 37% in the last 30 years, from 205 to 129 gallons a day. El Paso was early to adopt conservation practices that have become standard across the state. The city subsidized the replacement of water-wasting bathroom fixtures and toilets. It passed local regulations that restricted watering lawns and gardens. It required new developments to be designed and built with water savings in mind. And city inspectors have high-tech listening devices to find and repair leaks in El Paso's water mains that stretch 2,600 miles. The capital city of Austin has regularly topped lists of best places to live in the U.S., and its growth attests to that appeal. In 2018, it adopted a 100-year water plan based on advanced conservation and recycling programs. The idea is to re-engineer its water system as a water collection and recycling loop. The city intends to draw every gallon it can from existing reservoirs and add rain from roofs, condensate from air conditioners, stormwater drains, even toilets. All of it will be recycled and used again and again. Austin's goal is so ambitious that it anticipates supplying a healthy share of its future water demand. 
showcasing this approach is a brand new municipal building, still under construction. It will include on-site recycling features, such as treating wastewater from toilets to be recycled back into the building for further flushing uses. Just south of Austin, in San Antonio, advanced water projects range from the simple to the sophisticated. As the second fastest growing city in the country last year, its residents have a major role in curbing the pinch of dry times. This was no news to the San Antonio water system, which took a grassroots approach back in 2005 when it published the San Antonio Landscape Care Guide. It's been a perennial bestseller ever since, with lovely photographs and advice on how, as it proclaimed, saving water has never been prettier. The book is a guide to planting and managing yards and gardens with water-efficient plants matched to the city's desert climate. The idea is to help homeowners replace their conventional water-thirsty shrubs and trees and grass with water-conserving indigenous species and to abandon water-wasting home irrigation systems. The book's water conservation goals are supported by two new assets. The first is Garden Style San Antonio, a website that explains how planting gardens and landscaping yards with desert flowers and shrubs leads to significant savings in monthly water bills. San Antonio's other new asset is a program to subsidize the distribution of water flow sensors. These digital metering and communication devices easily attach to home water meters, giving real-time measurements of water use. The city is promoting a sensor manufactured by Flume, a California technology startup. It uses wireless technology and a smartphone app to transmit water use directly to homeowners. The device can tell when water is running in the house and can detect excessive use and leaks. Newer devices are being designed to take all sorts of other water use measurements, including how much water is used in the home for flushing, washing dishes, bathing, and for lawn and garden care. The intent is to encourage families to reduce their demand. Karen Goose is the Director of Conservation for the San Antonio Water System. She said a 15-month-old pilot program for the sensors shows an average savings of 400 gallons a month per family. The new sensors are a feature of San Antonio's $5.5 million annual water conservation program that saves 3,000 acre-feet of water each year. That's 1.5% of the city's yearly needs. Look at it this way, said Goose. This helps reduce demand for water in a city that has very little rainfall. Over the last 25 years, without conservation, we'd be using a billion gallons more a year than we do now. That's a lot of water. The advances made in Texas cities are new chapters in a very old textbook. More than 8,000 years ago, Egypt and Mesopotamia designed and built the first durable innovations in water supply and transport, irrigation networks. 
the Romans perfected the transportation of water over long distances using elevated aqueducts powered by the force of gravity. The ancient Chinese introduced conservation as a priority by constructing water canals underground to limit evaporation in western desert regions. For many centuries after that, the elements of advancing innovations in water have essentially been the same. Develop more secure supplies, understand water demand and use, construct sound water storage and efficient transport networks, conserve when necessary, prepare for fierce meteorological disruption in floods and droughts. The last two centuries introduced significant innovations. Disinfection and treatment made drinking water safe and reduced contaminants in wastewater. The science of hydrology studied surface and groundwater supply and movement. Drip irrigation reduced water consumption in agriculture. And electric and diesel-fueled pumps enabled the drawing of water from the ground or its motion through pipes and channels. Texas embraced all of these advances as it grew from a frontier to a contemporary industrial powerhouse and as it reckoned with dramatic swings in meteorological temperament. In Texas, deep droughts can be immediately followed by murderous flooding. Yet until quite recently, the central goal of state and municipal innovation in water has been getting it and moving it. The focus was on securing enough resources and transporting them over long distances to supply farming, industry, and a steady flow of new residents. Texas's approach to water planning has evolved. Its renowned meteorologist Isaac Klein reportedly described the state as a land of eternal drought interrupted occasionally by biblical floods. With characteristic Texas spirit, early responses to that challenge expressed an uncommonly aggressive attitude of dominion over nature and neighboring states. In 1968, after a deep drought and with federal and state studies warning of severe water shortages, the then 11-year-old Texas Water Development Board proposed a state water plan. It called for one of the most audacious and expensive engineering and construction projects ever attempted on Earth. Texas water planners predicted that by 2020, the state population would triple to 30 million residents. So they envisioned a modern-day Roman Empire-scale network of concrete-lined canals, new reservoirs, pumps, and electricity-generating stations spanning most of the state. They intended to withdraw each year 12 million acre-feet of water, that's nearly 4 trillion gallons, from the Mississippi River near New Orleans and transport it in concrete-lined canals across Louisiana. They would use pipelines and canals along the Sabine or Trinity rivers to direct the water uphill to a distribution point near Dallas. They would build 67 new reservoirs, a thousand more miles of major canals, and new electrical generating stations to power hundreds of pumps. In short, the 1968 plan was for Texas to take a great deal of water from a basin outside its borders, 
and channel it into the state to irrigate crops in North, West, and South Texas to provide water for industry and supply the state's growing cities for the next 50 years. The cost at the time was put at $10 billion, the equivalent of $74 billion today. Texas authorities justified the expense as necessary to meet the statewide demand for water, which planners predicted would nearly triple by 2020. In the state that managed the nation's space exploration, the Water Board's 1968 plan was itself a kind of moon launch. Texas proposed a water supply network far larger than existed in California and Arizona, or even in China and Australia. The proposed water network was roughly the same length as the Colorado River, and, if built, would carry the equivalent of two-thirds of that iconic Rocky Mountain River's flow uphill. Planners insisted that it would provide water supplies that could be, as they put it, available at economically supportable costs to provide for diverse municipal and industrial water demands. The plan came under fire for its costs and environmental consequences. Nevertheless, it was approved by the state legislature and former Governor Preston Smith. However, in August of 1969, voters turned down a referendum for $3.5 billion to get the project started. As time would tell, the project's planners accurately predicted the increase in state population. Texas has 29.5 million people, one million less than was projected in 1968. But they badly overestimated the need for water today. Texas water demand this year is 12 million acre-feet less than was anticipated in 1968. In other words, Texas today does not need the water that the immense project was intended to supply. The trajectory of water demand has been less steep than predicted 50 years ago, thanks to a panoply of adjustments in water use and to conservation, changes in water management practices, science, sensing technology, and expertise. The state has 18 university research centers focused on water, 4,600 water supply and water treatment agencies, and over 5,000 corporate campuses interested in water use. Texas also has some 248,000 farms and ranches that span 127 million acres. That's about three-quarters of the state, according to the Texas Department of Agriculture. Most of those landowners are keenly interested in practices and equipment that improve water efficiency. According to state business development figures, the annual marketplace for water technology in Texas is nearly $10 billion. While getting more crop per drop is a major focus, the Texas Water Development Board continues to seek out new supplies. While the water use predictions of 1968 may not have panned out, today's calculations of future demand and supply have the advantage of a much firmer and deeper foundation. The latest state water plan expects to welcome some 22 million more residents by 2070. To keep up with that, it anticipates that each year it will need to increase supply 
by over 3 million acre-feet of water. The Water Plan also warns that water supplies will fall 1.6 million acre-feet annually in 50 years. In short, there will be many more people and considerably less water in 2070. This is why saving water is a much higher priority in the 21st century than it was in the 20th, especially in cities, where the water shortage is expected to be the most acute. The Water Development Board says that demand for water in urban centers is higher than any other sector of the Texas economy. If demand does not come down in the next 50 years, the water needs of Texas cities will grow by over 3 million acre-feet. And due to climate change, drier conditions, and more competition for available supplies, there is no assurance that cities will meet that demand unless they use less water. El Paso, San Antonio, and Austin have pursued long-term water security with uncommon intensity. The practices, technology, and investment the three cities are making to supply and manage water are largely aimed at avoiding the worst effects of deep droughts. They've also been effective in providing safe and secure water supplies during the COVID-19 pandemic. Like the state water plan, the three cities approach the challenge from two directions, finding new water supplies and stewarding those supplies through conservation and reuse. As for securing new supplies, El Paso and San Antonio's utilities bought water rights in distant counties to pump and pipe groundwater to their drinking water plants. In May, San Antonio opened its $1 billion, 142-mile Vista Ridge Pipeline and Treatment Plant to supply the city with 50,000 acre-feet of water annually. The water is supplied by wells drawing from the Carrizo-Wilcox Aquifer east of the city. El Paso has spent almost $220 million in the last four years to buy 66,000 acres of farmland and water rights to tens of thousands of acre-feet of groundwater near Dell City, about 100 miles away. Gilbert Trejo, El Paso Water's chief technical officer, called the investment insurance for the future. He said the city has no plans in place to build a pipeline until at least 2050, and likely much later. As for Austin, if its conservation and water recycling projects are not meeting demand, it plans to build huge water storage facilities. Much of the focus in the three cities rests on conservation and reuse. El Paso water is partially dependent on the uncertain flow of the Rio Grande River for its drinking water. It developed a pilot plant to treat sewage with microfiltration, reverse osmosis, ultraviolet light, and carbon filtration. The process is capable of getting treated wastewater back into the drinking supply within hours. The city is building a full-scale $78 million treatment plant, the first of its kind in North America. It will clean up and supply each day 10 million gallons of drinking water. In total, El Paso produces over 157 million gallons of drinking water each day. It has long experience with state-of-the-art treatment plants capable of meeting that demand. 
In 2007, it opened the largest inland desalination plant in the world to remove salt and treat brackish groundwater to drinking water standards. The plant produces more than 27 million gallons of water a day. San Antonio, which supplies 175 million gallons of drinking water a day, is eager to partner with the public to instill a stronger water conservation ethic in the city. This is much less expensive than building new treatment plants and water pipelines. For example, the city says that the new Vista Ridge pipeline adds $12 a month to the average water bill. Rick Miles is the chief operating officer of Flume Incorporated, the manufacturer of the water sensors that San Antonio introduced in 2018. He said that the city's sensor program has attracted 5,000 users. The device tracks home water use in real time and has the capability of sending alerts about potential leaks. Flume is developing advanced devices that can distinguish water use for outdoor watering systems or indoor flushing, showering, and laundry. They will be capable of charting how much water is used for specific activities. Miles said, The idea is to give people more information. Being more informed could lead to altered consumption patterns. If you don't know anything, you won't change anything. Austin's water utility emphasizes water management that is holistic and long-term. The idea is to treat all facets of supply, demand, and use as interconnected. A drop of water collected from an air conditioning system can be directed to irrigate the building's garden, or recycled to flush toilets, or treated to drink from a faucet. Water collected from rooftops can be stored in on-site water tanks for almost any use that is recyclable and treatable. The Texas Living Waters Project calls the approach One Water. In Austin, that means a municipal system designed to waste less water, to be more resilient to drought, and to be cautious about reaching beyond its geographic water basin for new supplies. The city is ambitious in pursuit of its one-water goals. Austin, for example, requires developers to engineer their projects to capture stormwater and rainwater for reuse and recycling. It's encouraging construction of pocket treatment plants that could eventually replace the centralized, energy-intensive water treatment systems that are now dependent on massive pipes and pumps. Decentralized equipment reduces construction and maintenance costs for handling and treating water. It also limits costs for pumping, which typically are a city's largest electrical expense. Last year, El Paso Water, serving far fewer customers than Austin, spent $12 million running its water pumps and equipment. Kevin Crittenden is assistant director of Austin Water which serves one million people in the capital region. He said, We have more opportunity now to do things at the building level. There's no one silver bullet. To be prepared for an uncertain future, we need to develop a number of strategies for supply and for demand. Austin Water has two intrepid innovations to make the point. The city's $125 million central library opened in October 2017 
to rave reviews for its one-water array of water collection, recycling, and reuse. The library's design team, from multiple conservation and engineering disciplines, produced a six-story building that collects rooftop rainwater and water dripping from air conditioning systems and directs it into a huge on-site cistern. Water goes from there to an on-site pocket treatment plant that recycles for irrigating the building's landscaping and gardens and for flushing its toilets and urinals. The other example is Austin's enormous $250 million planning and development center, which takes one water even further. The building is scheduled to open this year and is designed with two on-site water recycling systems. The first is what's called a black water reuse system that collects wastewater from the building's toilets and sewer drains. It treats the wastewater in a cutting-edge pocket plant that uses membranes, aeration, and a biofilter to replace conventional bacteria-based aerobic wastewater treatment. The treated water will be used in a recycling loop to go back into the building to flush toilets and urinals. The second on-site recycling system at the planning center collects rainwater, stores it in a cistern, and uses the recycled water for irrigation. Austin Water said both systems are designed to supply about 42,000 gallons of recycled water each day, or 84% of the building's demand. The city will collect data about this new building's effectiveness. If it works well, Austin Water will promote the use of such decentralized systems in buildings and in business districts. For water customers in Austin, El Paso, and San Antonio, innovation is protection against severe drought. Just as important, the three cities deliver water at competitive prices. Circle of Blue reporter Brett Walton prepares an annual report on the cost of water in 30 U.S. cities, among them Austin and San Antonio. In 2016, Walton compared the average monthly bill for the 30 cities and found Austin and San Antonio in the middle of the cost spectrum. Water in Austin cost more than in Memphis, a Mississippi River shoreline city, but considerably less than Las Vegas and other big western cities. The value of water, to paraphrase Emily Dickinson, is taught by its absence. In three cities of Texas, those harsh lessons may have inspired other, better ways to learn. For Circle of Blue, this is Eileen Ray McCann. For more on this story, visit the Water Texas series at Circle of Blue dot org.